A reading from Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You cover it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But as your rebuke, the water fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They followed over, they flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and makes plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens humans' hearts. Oil, oil to make their faces shine and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats. The crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with the good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord 
but may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Loving God, thank you for the gift of your word and how you speak to us through scripture today by the power of the Holy Spirit. May we be guided by it into the love you hold for all creation, the love that drew near to us in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, whoever you are, I bet at some point you had a meaningful relationship with a tree. Maybe it was a tree near your house or apartment. Maybe it was a tree in a park or forest nearby. Or maybe it was a tree at a special place that you love to visit. I thought I'd ask James Curtis, who is a high school student and co-chair of Knox's sustainability mission team, if there was a tree that was special to him. The first tree that comes to mind would be an apple tree that I planted a long time ago from just an apple that I ate. And I just put a seed in a cup filled with dirt and it sprouted. And my mom is a gardener, so she knew what to do and to like how to foster it. And now it's planted in our backyard um, and it's budding flowers, not fruit yet. But yeah, it's just a really cool experience to like know that I've actually planted a tree from a seed. Um, some sort of spiritual moments with that tree, like when I first realized that it had grown taller than me was sort of a moment for me because I don't know, I just it's hard to put into words, but you can probably imagine that like seeing something that you've grown from a seed becoming taller than you and now it's way taller than me is sort of a like special thing. And it shows goes to show that you can uh, little ideas or actions can grow into things way bigger than you, um, like past your lifetime. Trees often hold an important place in our hearts. There's a story told in Athens, Georgia, of a man named William Jackson, who had a special relationship with a white oak tree. Jackson lived back in the 19th century, and he was the son of a congressman and U.S. Senator and governor of Georgia named James Jackson. William cherished childhood memories of this particular oak tree. He wanted to see it protected. And so he had a, a deed written up that gave this oak tree, the story goes, exclusive ownership of both itself and of the land within eight feet of where it stood. Well, I've been to Athens and visited the plot of land on which this tree once stood, the tree that owns itself. It's located, of course, in my wife Jill's hometown of Athens. The original tree fell in 1942. But an acorn from that former tree was planted, and now a new tree stands on that plot of earth. Some call this new tree the son of the tree that owns itself. And there's a stone plaque with words from that original deed engraved on it. Now, many are quick to point out U.S. law does not give trees official property rights, and so the deed would not have legal standing. But still... There's evidence someone loved a tree enough to treat it as if it was a living creature with intrinsic worth, deserving of certain rights and privileges like the right to own its own land. A tree that was special to my family was also an oak. 
It stood just a few feet from our house. The tree provided shade for our home during the day. We lived literally in the shelter of that tree. We loved seeing the birds that would nestle in its branches, and that oak was the first thing you saw when you looked at our house from the street. Our daughter spent early years of her life underneath that majestic oak. I imagine it stood there long before the house was built back in 1925, and so it was heartbreaking to see a creature that old and majestic finally pass. In the summer of 2016, we noticed the tree was dying. We had several tree professionals look at it, and they told us it had contracted a fatal disease and could not recover. It was like losing a friend. Trees, you know, are precious creatures like the animals that share a home with us. They, too, can feel like family. In today's passage from Psalm 104, we find one of many occasions in Scripture where trees are lifted up as precious creatures, worthy of admiration, deserving of God's provision and care. The story that Psalm 104 has to tell begins, however, not with trees. It doesn't begin with animals, and it doesn't even begin with human beings. God is lifted up at the beginning, middle, and end of Psalm 104. God is the author of all creation. God is the one who provides food, drink, and shelter for all living things. God, we read, even crafted the web of relationships that sustain creation, such that grass watered by God is provided for cattle and plants and bread are provided for humans to eat. As Christians, reading of this loving, caring, and providing God of Psalm 104, we recall how Jesus distributed loaves and fishes to multitudes. We remember how our Savior demonstrated for thousands God's loving care and provision brought near in Him. In that great feast where bread and fish were distributed such that all had enough and there was even much left over. We saw the God of Psalm 104 at work. We saw a God who provides for all creation and calls them in gratitude not to hoard but to share and to enjoy a great feast in communion with Christ. Psalm 104 has a glorious story to tell of that creating and providing God that we later see incarnate in Jesus Christ. And it's a beautiful and broad portrait of God's creation we get in Psalm 104. And yet, amid all the parts of creation described in Psalm 104, did you notice a special place that trees seem to occupy in the portrait? It's as if the author of Psalm 104 is saying, as you gaze out on the beauty of creation, as you note in all creatures the gracious work of God, don't miss the trees. Don't miss the trees. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, we read in verse 16. So often in Scripture, we read of the people of Lord or the people of God, that people God called and claimed as God's own. But there's no mention in Psalm 104 of the people of the Lord. We hear instead of the trees of the Lord. It's as if the psalmist wants to say, sure, birds are wonderful, animals great, 
humans, splendid creatures. But let's be sure to marvel for a moment at trees, for they are amazing creations, aren't they? Well, sometime back, the Brothers K uh, book circle at Knox read a book entitled The Hidden Life of Trees. And in that book, we learned things I did not previously know about trees. We learned they are communal creatures. They warn each other with chemical signals sent through fungal networks when some threat arises like new insects on the attack. The acacia tree, when it starts to get eaten by a giraffe, will emit a warning gas called ethylene. This alerts neighboring trees that a threat is near, and those other trees pump toxins into their leaves, making them distasteful to the giraffes. When trees grow together, they divide water and nutrients among themselves such that each gets enough to thrive. And trees grow in communities to protect one another from wind and weather. They behave something like penguins in the Arctic gathered in a circle such that those inside the circle are better protected. This is a painting of the Muir Woods by Knox member Susan Chesney. No wonder scripture proclaims trees precious enough in God's sight that they are called trees of the Lord. And then we hear in Psalm 104 of trees called by name. People are not called by name in Psalm 104. We don't read of Moses or Miriam, Aaron or Hannah, but we read of fir trees and cedars. We aren't told of people in today's psalm identified by a particular region, tribe, or nation like the people of Israel or the people of Judah, but today's passage does name a group of trees identified with a region, the cedars of Lebanon. Oh, the cedars of Lebanon, they are proclaimed time and again in Scripture as truly precious. The prophet Ezekiel praises their fair branches and forest shade. The prophet Hosea and the Psalms and the Song of Psalms all lift up the cedars of Lebanon as symbols of beauty and flourishing. Prophets like Jeremiah and Isaiah speak out against the harm done to the cedars of Lebanon in their time by imperial wars and economic exploitation. James Curtis shared about an apple tree that was precious to him in part because he planted it. In Psalm 104, verse 16, we read that the cedars of Lebanon are precious to God in part because God planted them. God created them and God nourishes them. They are God's and they are wonderful. The cedars of Lebanon are still precious creatures of God today. They're a source of national pride in Lebanon, those trees from which the ancient Phoenicians made merchant ships and the Egyptians made elaborate wood carvings. The cedars of Lebanon have come to symbolize peace and resilience for the Lebanese people who survived decades of foreign occupation and civil war. But as a recent story on NPR notes, the survival of these ancient giants is now in question. Scientists say rising temperatures and worsening drought conditions brought about by climate change are driving wildfires in this Middle Eastern country to ever higher altitudes. The fires are encroaching now on the mountains where the cedars grow. Last summer was the first time on record that wildfires reached Lebanon's cedar trees. 
warming temperatures are also attributed to infestations of the sawfly, which used to emerge every six to seven years. Now it appears yearly, and the fly does great damage to the cedars of Lebanon. Khaled Taleb in a, is a 29-year-old conservationist pictured here who developed a special relationship with the cedars of Lebanon. He played under their boughs when he was a child. By 16, he was already working for their protection. Now he runs an ecotourism and conservation group called Akar Trail. He notes that after last summer's wildfires, there's been an outpouring of interest in protecting these trees and fighting the fires and sawflies and warming temperatures that threaten them. Marvel at the trees, Psalm 104 proclaims. Marvel at the goodness and provision of God that they demonstrate. Marvel at how birds make their nests in the cedars of Lebanon. That portrait of creatures like birds depending on other creatures like trees for shelter. One mutually beneficial web of creation. That we are recognizing more and more is the created order. We're all part of creation in a vast ecosystem where we depend on each other. Humans and birds depend on the photosynthesis trees like the cedars of Lebanon provide. We depend on trees like the birds do to make our nests, nests which we call homes and apartments. Trees, as we read in Psalm 104, are part of that Wendell Berry called the Great Economy which is the economy that God created, this vast global ecosystem of which we are a part. That's what Psalm 104 describes, and trees are a part of that. Our little economies, Barry notes, the economies we humans create where we buy and sell the produce of creation, or land, or what we extract from the land. Those economies will go bankrupt if we damage or destroy the larger economy on which they depend. According to data collected in an extensive study in 2015 and published in Nature magazine, since the onset of human agriculture, the number of trees worldwide has dropped 46%. We read in Psalm 104 that God provides for the birds and for us through tree and plant life. If we diminish our forests without participating as aggressively in their renewal, we are diminishing that blessed provision, diminishing the great economy God has given us and on which we depend. Trees are precious. They are so precious that we read the trees of the, Lord, of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that God planted. May we heed the call of Psalm 104 and celebrate trees. May we marvel at the goodness of God revealed in them. May we commit to care for them and the ecosystem on which they depend. And may we join them and all creation in fulfilling our mutual purpose. May we join in giving praise to the God who gave all of us life. And so, people of the Lord and trees of the Lord, all creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.